Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is your Julie John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. This is your boy Bones, and I am joined as always by Cat and Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? No, hold on. Why Cat first? What? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't remember. Because I was nice to the guest. <laughs> right? I, I, like, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I say it the same every week. All of a sudden? No, I don't think so. I think, I think normally you say me first, because I would have noticed. I, I I never thought it mattered, Ross. It's fine. Save the best for last. It's fine. <laughs> right away. Oh, right, right away. Right away. <laughs> anyway, we are back. <laughs> guys, we do not have to talk about that fucking tournament anymore. Uh, Yay. <laughs> yeah. And hey, you see Greg on Twitter wanting us to do it quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly? Out of your mind. And I pointed out that's like a that would be a third of our yeah, content. Yeah. We would we would essentially be a bracket show yeah, at that point. Not interested. <laughs> a couple of people wanted us to do more of them, and uh, I I re- replied to one of them. I don't remember. I don't. It might have been Greg. So I don't remember. With just hell no, <laughs> like just, just no, <laughs> no explanation, no interaction, just hell no. So yeah, that's my take on it. That's the correct response. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, I, I think annually it would be, like, the most you could get me to do a bracket. <laughs> yeah. Now, we did have uh, a couple of guys on Twitch going over it and doing their own results, we too. Did. It was so sad. I had to work. I missed the... I, I thought that was so cool, and I had wanted to, to see what it was about, but... Yeah, it was pretty interesting to watch them and, and uh, to, to listen to them. Yeah, shout out to Indie Insomniac. Uh, you can find them at that handle. Uh, it's actually just Indie Insom on Twitter and uh, Twitch TV Indie Insomniac. The, yeah, they, uh, they, they just added us. We had no idea about this. They just added us one day and said, hey. Uh, oh, no, they tagged us in a tweet saying, hey, we're going to go over the Slasher Radio Murder Madness Tournament. I was like, we didn't even want to do it why <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so uh i popped in there for a little bit mikey was there for a while cat didn't care uh, wow i had to work wow <laughs> um and uh yeah so it was it was fun it was uh i kind of felt like uh we were getting our paper graded though you know yeah and you know uh bit. they they had the grudge beat chucky which pissed me off uh-huh uh the the whole sam argument again we got into we really fucked up apparently by not having sam on that bracket oh we did kind of in yeah. in everyone's yeah. defense yeah we, we kind yeah. of did that was an oversight that was a, a pretty big oversight you know what we'll have to start over we'll start next week we'll start all over no. with sam huh? <laughs> rob is hosting a one-man show <laughs> to, to quote a very wise man hell no <laughs> <laughs> you know what my biggest problem and i had a great time with uh with the guys at uh indian insomniac it, it was they had our, our bracket up there and it was really fun they were very detailed too they put a lot of thought into it they were that i i i missed the beginning i didn't quite catch the end I, I did have a lot of shit i had to do 
I believe, Rob, they went. If, I don't know if you stood the whole time. They went through the whole fucking yeah, thing a, in one go. They did. They they went through the whole thing. It was a, a, a over five hour long stream Woo! that they did. Um, yeah, I thought you were gonna say um, your biggest problem is that one of them's Canadian. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I sensed the about. I caught that. No, my <laughs> biggest problem with it though, Cat, and you're gonna be with me on this one. Okay. Rob is in the chat with me. And I begged them to block him. I begged them to, to ban him or do something. They didn't do it. He's telling them and encouraging these two fine gentlemen to go watch Rubber. Mm -hmm. Rob. I told them to watch Rubber. And, um, you know, I wanted them to make sure it was referred to as Lord Humphrey's Cup. Oh, God. No, no, it was not <laughs> called the fucking Lord Humphrey Cup. But, yeah, that, 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 that was awesome of those guys, too. But speaking of awesome, we have an awesome fucking show this week. It's it's nice to not have to do that bracket, but it's also really nice to uh, kind of have a, a little kickback episode to where we don't get stressed out. Uh, we are joined today by Stephen Kyoto, who was the director of the infamous Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh, special effects artist on the Killer Clowns from Outer Space movie, uh, Critters, uh, all four of those movies, Ernie, er, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie Scared <laughs> Ernest scares too. He also did some work on. Uh, uh, well, I, I I don't know if he did it or his company did some work on uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, they they did a lot of shit, man. and yeah, the the Kyoto brothers are, you know, they get a lot of credit at we all deserved, but they I still feel like they don't get enough. They're kind of like the unsung heroes of special effects, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah I can see that. Yeah, uh, we've had a lot of really cool people on the show before. Uh, we've had the benefit of having Tony Todd on the show before, Doug Bradley on the show before, David Arquette, John Casey, the, the Greg Nicotero. The list goes on and on. I, I'm on a, the show every week. That's exciting, you know. Oh, thrilling! Yeah, I guess. Uh -huh. yeah. Let me tell you, these nuts. We're hot and heavy <laughs> right now, just thinking about it. Um, I honestly have to say, this conversation with Stephen Kyoto is one of my like i i value this more than i can explain like it, it was a really good genuine talk yeah wait well, yeah what a great guy what, what a lot of fun to talk to right just like a warm person you know what i mean yeah not yeah. a robot yeah just like me <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just exudes warmth uh, but yeah i i enjoyed this thoroughly this this was um this was just someone who has passion for what they do and passion for this genre and they want to talk about it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I enjoyed talking to him a lot and, and getting, uh, you know, hearing some of the uh, the stuff about uh, killer clowns from outer space in particular, but also some of the other stuff that uh, the Kyoto brothers have worked on over the years, and also his thoughts on you know uh, the industry today. Right, to hear some of that too. But uh, oh, guys, we are not doing a voicemail segment this week. We have a lot to get into. We had a very long conversation with Mr. Kyoto. And if you want to do, if you want to leave a voicemail, the voicemail segment did not go away forever. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The number is 917-397-KILL. That's 917-397-5455. Uh, uh, but before we, we go too much further into this episode, Cat, your friend will be happy to know. Say everybody have seen my balls, they're big and salty and brown. If you ever need a quick pick me up, just stick my balls in your mouth. Ooh, so 
that the balls are back in town. Hell yeah. Oh my Those god. Smooth clean <laughs> shave balls. Yes. You know what's funny? Uh, before we, we we tell you guys about Manscaped real quick, I was telling I, I was playing Xbox one day. This was a while ago now. I had got my Manscaped uh, products in that they had sent us and I was telling a friend of mine in there that, you know, my nuts are smooth, uh, you know, all that stuff. And I told him they're smooth as eggs. And his little brother was in the Xbox party. And I didn't, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And this kid's like young. He's like 10, 11. And dude, I said this and like hours later, uh, I said something, someone screwed us over in this, whatever we were playing. And I said, man, I'm gonna give it to this guy. And the kid comes from out of nowhere. Mikey, are you gonna give him the eggs? <laughs> I'm like, the eggs? What is he talking about? The smooth eggs. He's like, yeah. no. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, go to manscaped.com. You can get your kit for perfection as a man. You can get your nut shaved with the lawnmower 3.0. I, I believe they have the lawnmower 4.0 oh. on the way. Is, that, that's the. Um, the scuttle button and nut trimming community now. That's the word on the street, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all those nut trimming forums you hang out in on the internet. Shout out to bsource.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, God damn it. Make sure you go to manscaped.com. They have everything you need. Uh, the lawnmower 3.0. They have the weed whacker, which is the uh, the electric nose hair trimmer. These names fucking get me. Uh, you can get the crop preserver, which is a ball deodorant. You keep your nuts fresh. Crop cleanser. They even have a body wash. Uh, the crop reviver, which is a, a spray for for the. I'll call it the middle of the day spray. Right. Got a ring to it, right? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, you just get out of that meeting at work, you know, refresh your balls a little bit. After sitting in that chair for hours listening to people babble on about shit that could have been an email but isn't, uh, you know, so you finally get out of there and you're like, man, my balls need a little little touch up. Spritz and you're good. That's right. Or, or someone bitching that someone fucked up a spreadsheet. Oh. God forbid. Spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> they have everything at manscaped.com. You, they, they even have cologne. I mean, I mean, they literally have from underwear to nut shaving to cologne. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, wh- what else do you need? Yeah, no kidding. And that's serious underwear, by the way. Yeah. I, I uh, do enjoy the Manscaped underwear. Yeah. And the skin-safe technology on the uh, on the lawnmower is uh, amazing. It's you could, you could shave your nuts in the back of a pickup truck going, going down a curvy gravel country road and be just fine. <laughs> we do not advise that. No! We do not advise that at all whatsoever. But it has nothing to do with safety, just <laughs> uh, for the consideration of whoever is driving the pickup truck. That too, yeah. Oh, God. If I owned a pickup truck and I found out some dude was shaving his nuts in the back, oh, that's a fight yeah. right then and there. What are you saying? You could. That's all I'm saying. There'd be pubes everywhere. Oh, I'd be so fucking mad. No, they they would. It's you gotta if you're driving, you gotta go fast enough that then they'll ball up and blow out the back and and tumble like a tumbleweed going across a field. Oh God! Let's hope we don't got uh, none of you guys got tumbleweeds. But if you do, go to manscaped.com. You can get rid of those tumbleweeds, and they'll be a thing of the past. Uh, Make sure you use the fansided twenty promo code. That's fansided twenty. Because if you're gonna head over there, I I mean, this is a decision. Uh, These manscaped ads are. Yeah, I hear them a good amount. 
uh, if it's something that you've just grown accustomed to hearing, you're out of your mind. You need to check them out. I, I thought the same way. I've heard Manscaped ads before we started doing them. And, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> shaving your nuts. I get it. All these ball jokes. And I liked them for that. But once I started using their products, like, honestly, I, I've said it before. The crop preserver, the ball deodorant, every day. Like, if I don't put that on. There was one day I was rushing for work and I forgot to put it on. My nuts felt so, like, it, it was like I was naked. Like, it felt weird. I don't like yeah. it. Oh, it's terrible. I know. Uh, yeah, no, you, it's it's the best way to take care of your underbrush, guys. That's right. That's right. So, uh, if you're going to go over there, yeah, like, like we've said it before. If you're on the fence, if you're thinking about it, just go do it. Just, just, just if nothing else, get the ball deal. I'm telling you guys, this, this is just me talking to you right now. That's that's a game changer right there. Yeah. The ball deodorant's awesome. The underwear is awesome. Yeah. And the travel shed, too. If you're going to get that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice bag. Yeah. There's nothing worse. Like, you know, I keep my shit under the sink. You know, so it's like, you know, to, to take this out and then take that out. And where's this? Where's that? Put it all in the shed. Yep. It's right there. Yep. You got it. You don't have to worry about it. Yep. And just in case you have to flee your house in the middle of the night, you can reach in, grab it, and go. <laughs> I, I don't want to know where you'd have to go flee, to flee your house in the middle of the night and you need to shave your nuts. But but you, you could. You know the answer to that. The bus station. Oh, shit. Once you yeah. get kicked out of your friend's pickup truck, <laughs> your balls in the back. And yeah, once this friend comes home and finds cubes in the fucking pickup bed. You guys act like ass. you've never shaved your balls in the back of a pickup truck. I never have. <laughs> I believe you, Kat. I was going to say something. Never mind. I'm not even going to say. Um, yeah, so if you're going to head over there, I'm telling you guys, it's a game changer. And it'll help you with the... You got... Uh, a little drought going on in the hey nanny nanny department this will hook you up this this if you're if you're stuck at third two outs and it's the bottom of the ninth and you just need to get home this could be what did i mean they got a foot deal you can get everything you need yep yep that is true it's i very think true. i understood what you were saying well yeah <laughs> you're stranded you know round of third you know man, never mind. i know i know what you okay yeah. <laughs> Just go to fansided. Uh, Jesus. Go to manscaped.com. Use the fansided20 promo code. You get yourself 20% off your entire order and free shipping. Can't beat that. That's good stuff. It is. It is. Yes, it is. All right. Now that we're done talking about it, I, I, I miss talking about balls and things. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Take it how you want. I don't care. It's fun. Man. I don't even mind. I want to uh, real quick address one of the guys from uh, the B forum that you went on, Mikey. Oh boy, who uh, was on Twitter and apparently thought that Cat uh, and I were making fun of uh, uh, beekeeper people or whatever. I don't. Do they have a name? I missed all this. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, well, that, but that wasn't the case. I was laughing because Mikey went and bothered you poor people with our nonsense. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, anything to do with uh, your chosen profession or hobby or whatever. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty clear, too. Yeah, no, I mean, guys, and I was as respectful as possible on there. You know, it's like, that, yeah. that, I hope they didn't take it that way at all. It was just the ridiculousness I put on them the poor people yeah 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 no that's that's what i found hilarious that uh you know these guys are doing their b work whatever 
they're doing and then and, and all of a sudden your dumb ass comes in there talking about a tire and everything <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and they were nice enough to help me for crying yeah. out loud you know they helped yeah. you and <laughs> Yeah. spreading our stupidity all across the world right yeah no no shit did they i didn't even see that yeah there was something about it on uh on twitter i, I didn't I see remember. it on twitter but i i do i am now subscribed to a b information forum so <laughs> uh, I've seen that. just so I, I i could go thank them because i i do appreciate you know a, a lot of jokes were made but i i like that they were nice enough to answer and we learned something about bees and it, it just, it was a fun time. Mm -hmm. What we learned is Robert beats Candyman. That's not the takeaway. That was, yeah, that was the lesson learned. The, the lesson that we learned is uh, assuming that magical bees uh, are not any stronger inherently than, than the average bee, which I maintain that they could, you know, that's, that's a reasonable assumption, but uh Bees are not going to be how Candyman beats Robert, but he uh -huh. still does. Are we going to do this? We're going to go through the whole bracket? Nope. 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 <laughs> I was just asking, why the fuck are we talking about this? <laughs> I don't know. Nope. Sure not. That tournament's over. Dead and gone. See you yep. next year. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any of that. Wow. Yeah, no, that... Yeah. Like I said, I thought it was pretty clear too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I, he wasn't like nasty about it or anything. Uh, it was very polite, but um, you know, I, I just wanted to point out I, I wasn't uh, trying to to mock him and his uh, colleagues. I was uh, thought it was hilarious that you you know went in there with your big dumb self blabbing about something stupid. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. So, um, guys, you want to get into the news? Yeah. It's time to hump the news with Rob Humphrey. He's not a genius. Okay. Let's do it. Excited about the news this week. I spent all that time looking up news and I lost it. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, no, there it is. Okay. Uh, I, I just want to mention, um, I, I guess this is news. So let's hop right into it with something that interests me a lot and uh slightly pissed me off uh there was another patch coming to friday the 13th the game which is labeled as the final patch even though uh i think the last patch was also called the final patch so i don't know this is like the movies the final i was chapter. gonna say that's, <laughs> right. that's kind of keeping in friday the 13th branding to... yeah maybe they could uh they, they could just say fuck jason in this whole lawsuit and make a friday the 13th movie about the patch <laughs> um yeah so they they fixed a bunch of things anyone who plays the game they fix some combat stance glitches and you know you can look at uh, their form and check that out if you want all the details on that shit but uh it's cool that they were able to even though they set it off to see the game which breaks my heart they they still cared enough to fix a couple things so that's cool but the thing, oh fuck, I almost dropped my lighter. The thing that intrigues me the most about this, there's been a lot of uh, misinformation going around. There was a YouTube video that caught a lot of traction. Uh, it's got about, it, at last I checked, it was at like 300,000 views, and I know there was a couple of them where anyone who's familiar with the whole thing, when the lawsuit started, Friday the 13th, the game was going to release their update with jason x and the grendel map and all that mm -hmm. stuff and you know that was never to be seen and happened so 
there was a, a couple of videos on YouTube where people were playing the Grendel map as Jason X, and everyone was like, what the fuck? A couple of the videos were saying that it's coming out. I had someone that I played with tell me that it's going to be coming out. You know, obviously it's not. Uh, so there's a lot of people thinking and saying that this is coming out and going to be released. It's not going to be released on the game. There is, however, uh, Friday the 13th Definitive Edition, and it was originally a closed beta from uh, Gun Media, I guess, where they were testing out the game. I did DM my friend Matt Shacha. Thank you very much, Matt, for clearing it up. That was a hacked version, I, I guess, somebody got their hands on. And you can go play that online on PC, but, you know, it. I, I haven't tried it yet, and... It, it's kind of disappointing, you know. Yeah, I that would have been cool if they'd been able to re at least release that map. Oh, it looks amazing! It yeah. Looks amazing. Well, it's a great job with the game overall. So, I, I, yeah, I can imagine it looks it looks great and everything. And different settings is one of the things that really would have made that game pop a little more for me. I think everything's at Camp Crystal Lake for the most part, you know, or, or the same. It's all in the woods and everything. Right, right. Being able to go on, you know, the Grendel and, and be in a different setting would have been kind of fun. Or Manhattan would have been fun, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the money for that. Or just Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. I gotta bring up the... Come on now, guys. Look, I can't have nothing. No. Come on. Well, Not anymore. All right. Um, yeah, so I think I might surf on where to play this and you know maybe i'll just play it once or twice to check it out but i can't like the game on console the, the official game you know it has its problems as it is i can only imagine how buggy this thing's gonna well, be yeah like a, yeah some weird hacked beta version right um i get fucked over enough on the console version i don't need to be glitched all over that thing um but yeah so uh, that's out there for the world to see uh do what you want with it uh, next up, I didn't put these in any order. God damn it. Uh, uh, let's stick to the gaming topics real quick. Illphonic celebrates Predator Hunting Grounds one year anniversary, and they're going to be releasing DLC, and there is a Steam release date. This pisses me the fuck off because PlayStation are a bunch of <laughs> and they won't let anyone else have it, including Xbox, so it's only available on PlayStation, but Apparently soon it will be available on Steam. But well, if you had bought the right system to begin with, you wouldn't have this issue. I did have an Xbox. Um, but yeah, I haven't played the game yeah. because I, if I'm not mistaken, it's first person and I don't do that. Oh, is it? I think so. I get a little bit leery with Steam games because my computer yeah. is old. So I never know if I'm going to be able to run. <laughs> uh, like I got Friday the 13th on Steam. Um, I got super excited about it. I did not realize... Uh, how multiplayer it was going to be, but I had a really tough time running it on my computer, and that was w when my computer was new. So I, I can only imagine like what it's going to be like getting high graphics games on Steam for my PC. I, I need to replace my computer, probably. Is <laughs> That's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'll probably get it uh, in, in a few years when no one plays it anymore and it goes on Steam sale and I have a computer that will run it. <laughs> yeah, this thing with PC games is like it's very dependent on what you got. Yeah. Yeah. But the release date is April 29th of this year. So, oh, it came out already then. 
Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, well, shit. All right, well, go get the damn thing, then, I guess. Uh, yeah, dude, damn, I'm looking at it now. I never... I, I haven't watched any real gameplay of it because it, I want to play it so bad, so I just don't even want to do that to myself. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, damn sure it is first person. Yeah, no, I don't I do not do that. Although it looks like Killer might be third person. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm, that's backwards. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just fucking put it on xbox like the days of like you guys gotta admit the days of exclusives are so fucking over cross plats a thing come on i mean it's over if you own an xbox yeah notice how um whenever it's a playstation exclusive playstation is a bunch of but if it's an xbox exclusive it's validation that mikey got the right console Sure. No, no. Look, uh-huh. I am very. I, I'm a. That is not true, Cat. That, that's not. I, I understand the logic. Don't get me wrong. I, dude, crossplat needs to be a thing. We should all be able to play with each other on everything. Like the days of and Xbox has let go of a lot of exclusives because of like their them Xbox and Nintendo. They uh, they have been pushing this crossplat thing. PlayStation just won't fucking let it go. It's so annoying. Let us play the fucking. It's been a year now. Like, come on. Well, let me play it if I wanted to. So I don't. I don't, I don't have a problem with them. Mm. You know, I have to go through a million menus just to switch from party chat to game chat because you're on a PlayStation. I don't switch from party chat to That's game chat because I don't play with other people. That's the I think PlayStation users are there to play games and not to socialize. I think that's the big difference in console. Because <laughs> I'll admit, that I'll admit that. Yeah, I'll I'll give it that. Uh, but I I never gamed online until uh, you know a couple of years ago, and I I was a I this Xbox I own right now is the first Xbox I've ever owned. And I didn't get it when it came out. Like, I was late as fuck. So, I was a PlayStation head. And I'll agree. Like, if you're just looking to get on there and play and interact with nobody, you know, PlayStation's maybe the better console. Yeah. Maybe. It is. debatable. But (laughs) as far as everything else, I'm sorry, guys. Anyway. um, Yeah, so that's frustrating. All right, Kat. Yes. You, You ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. There's a lot of shit. A lot of shit. Like, I, I, I seen stuff released on this. I didn't know it was this much. Spiral's putting out everything right now. What do you yes. Think <laughs> uh, I have my Spiral tickets. I'm very excited. I have not been to a theater. The last movie I saw in theater, as you guys may remember, was The Fucking Hunt. And I was very, I've been bitter since then that it was, uh, that my last theater experience was not enjoyable. Um, I don't know if I talked about this when when I was complaining about the hunt. It wasn't just that I didn't like the movie. uh, It was that the theater experience was also very awkward. There were like a lot of creepy older men that came to see the hunt. Uh, And just like sat alone uh, in like different corners of the theater. It was very strange. It was not like a great time. Um, But I, yeah, that was like the last actual in theater experience that I had. And uh, I've, I've been trying to wait um, until I get vaccinated to, to go to the theater. But I, I, you know, this one, it's a one day exclusive. Uh, My appointment is being scheduled. I I think I'm probably going to miss it by, by a few weeks, but I just, I can't imagine not, uh, 
not seeing Spiral in theaters. I'm so excited to have tickets. So in other words, Kat's saying, life or death, fuck it, Saw comes first. Yeah, I, I think that's the, <laughs> I, I think the irony of it is that I would Sorry. probably fail a jigsaw trap. Uh, I would probably be put in the trap for valuing Saw more than my life at this point, but listen. That's fair. <laughs> I do have a question for you though, Kat. I, I missed this. I just seen this just now. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the iconic pig mask yeah. makes an appearance. They changed this motherfucker. What do you think? Um, I think so. I it, it's gonna be hard until the movie like comes out to see. I, I think if they're going the whole and they seem to be from the trailers the copycat route uh, that they kind of teased in Jigsaw and then we didn't get in Jigsaw. Uh, I think that they changed the mask is probably good. I think it could work really well. Um, if they pull another jigsaw and somehow this is Kramer still being, you know, the operational force behind this, I'm less crazy about the pig mask. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the original was so iconic. I know. Like, Rob, you, you flip back and forth on what you mind and don't mind being changed. I, I don't know if you've seen <laughs> the new pig mask, but... What do you think about it being changed, you know, just in general? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> really? They, they, no, it doesn't matter to me. They can put the guy in a Porky the Pig mask, bro. I care. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I kind of wish they did. What the hell would that look like? <laughs> All right. I mean, it, I'll tell you what, and uh, Kat, I'm interested to see if you agree. We kind of talked about it with the last little bit that they put out, and it's like, what the hell are they doing? This looks nothing like Saw. The shit they're putting out now looks more like Saw. This looks much more like Saw. Um, you, you can see some more of the uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman influence in some of the more recent trailers. There was also that one still that just, I, it came out uh, this last week. That's just carnage. And it's like, yeah, that looks like a Saw movie. Um, I, I see missed all of this stuff. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how. I didn't see any of it. Yeah, I, do, I, do you think they might have caught a little bit of shit, maybe? Maybe. I yeah. I think they were probably going for for more shock value. Um, <laughs> I, I think they were probably trying to set the bar low for Saw fans, where it was like, hey, look, we're doing something different, and then you go in, and it's going to feel more like a Saw movie. Um, right. But there has been some backlash where people thought it looked too much like a procedural, so they might be rolling that back a little bit in their new advertising. Rightfully so, because there's one thing with setting the bar low and then, you know, getting that, that bang, which is, you know, that, that's a good route. But if you set it too, if you throw the bar in the, in the fucking woods, <laughs> you know, like you <laughs> might get people to not even go. So it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did you want to talk about, Kat? Uh, the black phone. I want to talk about the black phone. Okay. I don't know what it is, so... Uh, the, <laughs> Blumhouse <laughs> is adapting the black phone. It's a short story by Joe Hill. Uh, and I don't know anything so far about the adaptation, but I am very hopeful for it. Uh, the short story was really good. Uh, some of my favorite... I, I think Joe Hill's writing adapts really well uh, to screen. I've liked some of the other stuff he's worked on, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I really liked Horns, uh, In the Tall Grass. I thought they did a really good job with. They took it in a different direction, but even still, they did a good job. Lock and Key was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm I'm just looking forward to it. I'm I'm feeling hopeful. Really creepy story. I'm 
I think it's going to make a good film. Joe Hill had something to do with Creepshow, didn't he? Or am I thinking of someone else? He was, as a kid, he was in the original Creepshow. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I know nothing about it, but just, just the titles that you mentioned. I, I haven't seen Lock and Key, but um, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely seems like they have somebody behind it who's more than capable. Yeah. I don't know how involved he is, uh, but I I think he might be a producer, I think. But I'm I'm looking forward to it regardless. Yeah, I'm, Blumhouse does a good job with stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, I you know I haven't read the story. I have no idea what it's about. So. Ooh, Ethan Hawke is in it. Jeremy Davies. Well, look at this shit. Wow. Wow. Okay. This hmm. looks like uh, the Black Phone could be a banger. We'll see. We will see. Um, yeah, Blumhouse is hit or miss. So, but they've been more hit than miss lately. I'll give them that. They they are a lot more hit than miss. Um, yeah, lately, and also um, when they, it seems like when they um, take someone else's work, they really uh, try their hardest to to do it justice. Right. You know, some yeah. of the best stuff they've done, like the new um, the Halloween twenty eighteen, uh, the Invisible Man, uh, those kind of Fucking things. They. Suit. They seem to, to really try and do justice to those. But we'll see. I don't know. I did. Um, I haven't seen Lock and Key either. I did like Horns um, and um, uh, the Tall Grass thing, whatever that was called. Uh, <laughs> that was a good movie thing. too. And so yeah, I. I, uh, I but again, I haven't read the stories, so I have no idea how well they translated. But they did make good movies out of them. Fair enough. All right, guys. The last thing I wanted to mention for news. And this is pretty exciting. It's been a pain in the ass getting this all done. But Slasher Radio is excited to announce that we finally made a Patreon. We did it. Yay! We did it. We, we've referred to it as it's gotten it's received reviews from us as far as it makes us look like we know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> like it, it can, I'm surprised at how nice this thing came out. Yeah, we, we might be able to fool a couple people here. Yeah, right. Um, uh, not not just because you know obviously it's ours. Uh, I think we're offering a lot. We're not trying to like. It's not like I've seen some Patreons out there where it's like you know fifty dollar tiers. It's like we're not trying to do that to you guys. We have four tiers starting at three dollars then we got six we got ten and we got twenty the twenty dollar tier you get a free merch gift every three months that's nice right i mean come on now uh so the first tier is uh <laughs> called robert the tier one <laughs> uh and you'll get a weekly ad free show uh guys i i mean i i went ahead and made the executive decision i didn't think either of you would object uh, I feel like the Manscaped ad should stay in those. Oh, yeah. I assumed that they did. Right. <laughs> uh, like, even when I was working on the uh, description roughs and stuff, I, I assumed that the Manscaped ads were going to stay in there because they're entertaining. If we go by Cat's friend, maybe we should, uh, <laughs> one of the perks should be just the Manscaped ad and none of the other. <laughs> we, yeah, we might get them automatically. Yeah, that's yeah true. none of the other nonsense around it. Yeah, um, well, also, uh, the Tier 1 will also get you access to the Patreon-exclusive Slasher Radio blog. Cat will probably be manning that more so than anybody. Yeah. Uh, what, what could they expect on there, Cat? Because I, I don't even know really, too. Who, this is like a, who knows? 
Uh, I was thinking about doing um, a monthly... Uh, one thing I'd like to do is a monthly newsletter. I'd like to kind of... Because we had the Portnoy graphic. I was thinking, yes. you know, like a list of the Portnoys. Um, you know, like a heads up about upcoming interviews, uh, topics. Um, and, and then I, I thought it would be fun to just to get like um, from you guys... Just like what you guys are watching, like a recommendations thing from everybody, because uh, okay. that's something we don't talk about on the show as often. It's something that comes up more in the um, in the Twitter and in the pre-recording where we just talk about what we're watching and what we like and what we don't like. And I, I just thought, you know, uh, periodic recommendations from the cast would be a fun thing to toss up there. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get a little bit of everything product reviews <laughs> right yeah just... you want to hear more about robert england coffee and sock uh, rag socks yeah, sock. yeah horror content really is the you know the main key to it yeah i mean yeah. it's anyway, we just like i would imagine all of our listeners we live this stuff like you know you can't mm -hmm. get enough of that uh the last perk that you'll get in uh in robert the tier one is uh <laughs> called the omen where you get to propose a monthly movie topic. So every month we'll be doing a Patreon pick and you'll be able to throw uh, one of your favorite movies or just something you want to hear us talk about, whatever. You can throw that into the ring and that leads us to the second tier, which is the fucking tier two. <laughs> a play yeah. on cats, the fucking hunt. You know, the tiers tier perks carry over so everything in tier one is included in tier two plus you'll get the weekly episode with the easter egg so you guys might be a little mad at us for that but uh the little easter egg content you hear at the end of the show if you're listening on itunes spotify wherever will no longer be there Ooh. so you can get that on patreon the uh, another perk that you get is the executioner which is where you have the ability to vote towards what our monthly patreon topic will be for the show right so they can vote then on the listener pick yeah all right so that's called the executioner the last perk that you'll get under this tier is access to our live stream watch alongs those are a lot of fucking fun it's not a lot of people do watch alongs on twitter where it's like you know you watch it around kind of sort of the same time that person's doing it no right yeah, and use this hashtag and all that. No, we're, we're not going to do it that way. No, no, no. And most of those motherfuckers don't really check that hashtag anyway. Uh, you're going to be sitting there with us watching it with us. Like, we're going to like think of like a virtual movie theater where we're going to play the movie for you and you can watch it with us, talk with us. You could join a voice chat with us or chat room style that shit. Oh, we're doing it virtually? I thought we were all just going to come to your house. Oh, I don't want you in my house. I'm going to have to cancel some <laughs> tickets. Um. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is welcome. Rob has to sit outside. Come on. <laughs> I'll open the blinds. You can watch it from the curb. <laughs> all right. The third tier is the three-tier clover. And uh, this includes all the perks from tier one and two, plus uh, movie commentary. So you'll be able to... Well, uh, this actually, shout out to IR Chris for giving us this idea. Uh, where we'll watch a movie together, two of us, three of us, you know, however the schedule works out for that, you know, that session. And we'll just record us watching the movie together. You know, you'll get our opinions, our reactions to stuff and, you know, all that shit. So I, I think that kind of is a good time to where 
you know, if it's something someone wants to watch, they can kind of press play on us and the movie at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. So uh, that, that'll that be a good time. And uh, uh, the last. Oh, no. Oh, God. There's two more. Uh, there's two more perks to this one, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. 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 Uh, the, the first one isn't too bad. Uh, the next perk in this tier is become slasher family. This is where if you support us on this on this tier, ten dollars a month is all that it is. Your name will be listed in the description of the show. So that means everywhere our RSS feed puts this show out, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all these platforms, your name's gonna be on there. Um, you're going to be, you know, essentially, I mean, maybe not on the show, but you're going to be part of the show. Like your name's going to be there with us. And I, I think that's pretty cool to have you guys listed because, you know, we put a lot of work into this. And if you support us, you deserve to be there, I feel. Yeah. And this is your chance to forever be associated with this show. Oh, think yeah. about that. Don't make it sound like a threat, though, in a <laughs> <Right>. good way. <laughs> it's not a punishment, I promise. <laughs> and this one. You get exclusive access. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. To the Lord Humphrey Audio <laughs> Entertainment Network. Yeah, that's right. It started as a, a just a little idea. You know, it's like a little seed in the ground that I, I slowly nurture. Right? You water it. You give it some sunshine, some sunlight, some space maybe. Sometimes you sing to it. Uh, and, and it blossoms into this beautiful thing. And uh, it, initially, it was just going to be, uh, you know, the Rob Podcasting Network. And then I think yeah, it's kind of boring. And really, overall, I'm thinking I could branch out later. Um, so um, this is really the overarching umbrella is the Lord Humphrey Entertainment Company. <laughs> but this is the uh, audio entertainment arm of that. I'll be teaching him Dungeons and Dragons. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Everyone's heard it. I mean, if you listen to this horror life, you've heard it. You listen to us regularly, you've heard it. Uh, Rob's talked about having a sock podcast. Uh, uh, life coaching. Well, oh, yeah, God. life coaching, dating advice. We'll be doing some of that. We'll be doing uh, um, maybe boss? some night, night court and <laughs> who's night the court. boss. I'm not looking forward to the night court one. And uh, um, uh, Kat wants to teach me Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. What's going to be the name of that show? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't have names for any of this stuff yet. God damn. But uh, it's all coming. You know, I'm going to get the board together and we'll discuss it. <laughs> the board. <laughs> I like to imagine Rob sitting in a room with like all of his collections of socks, just like. <laughs> right. Taking like a tea party. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're all sitting in a chair. He's talking to them. And we've mentioned socks a few times. I know people are wondering tonight I have on Slimer. Oh, no. I'm sure everyone can turn the show off now. That's what yeah. you're here for. We all know. Yeah, that should have been the news segment, probably, for those uh, of you scoring at home. <laughs> yeah. I'm Slimer. Sure. I'm sure. Um, the, <laughs> you know, as much as I, I hate, and, and there was a few weeks ago where we weren't really quite ready to announce this, uh, I had said something about something being announced soon, and this was it. The, the stupid fucking podcast network that Rob has been talking about. You guys have no idea how much it, it literally eats me alive that this is going to become a reality. But I will admit this. 
God damn it, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be cold. Like I, I hate to. <laughs> fuck with but it, and I, this is just the first step. This audio entertainment network to an entertainment conglomerate, really, is what oh I'm looking at. God. Yeah, I'm not. I, you know, there, there'll be further steps. I think they're going to be taken at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way this isn't going to grow into, you know, a huge deal. And this is your chance for ten dollars a month to get in on the ground floor. You could be like a hipster kid who, who says he saw that band when they were playing bars. You'd be like, I was listening to Rob's life coaching podcast when, uh, you know, it didn't even have a title yet. <laughs> Which it still doesn't have. A still title. Yet, no. <laughs> no. That, that's a little over $2 a month, guys. Uh, $2 a week, guys. I mean, it, yeah. it's, for, for everything that you're getting, we mentioned in the tier one, the tier two, and that tier. Uh, but there is one more. And this is the granddaddy of them all. And if you th- this is reserved for like the creme de la creme of our listeners like there, there's some of you that might not even belong here you understand the fourth tier is the got the hose so if you got this <laughs> one you got the hose all right if you don't know what that means you probably don't belong here but you can go check out the jeepers creepers three episode absolutely hilarious shout out to bobby spitzer uh this gives you everything from tier one, two, and three. Plus, th- this is just a freebie in there if anybody wants to do it. You can get a gaming session with me. I, I look at it more as an opportunity for me to be able to, you know, to talk to you guys and, and vibe with you guys. Like, that that's how I honestly look at it. Like, I, I threw that in there because I have had people, you know, uh, watch a gamer tag and all this stuff and i just haven't really had the time this will force me to make the time and it has been something i've been really wanting to do and and like i said it's really more so for me to be able to just kind of kick it with you guys a little bit and um you know j- just in, enjoy time with you so that's on there but the real the real rajol of this tier is you get a free merch gift every three months and uh, the first one, I believe, uh, you guys are going to get a poster. I've seen a couple of people, the gaming stuff that I had put out on for Twitch and everything. A couple of people said the new logo should be a poster. Guess what? It is, bitches. You can check out this tier, and uh, you can get it. Um, there's a shirt in there. There's a mug in there. There's stickers in there. There's some shit. Uh, so that that's for, like, if you're going to support us at that level, we feel you should get something tangible in return. And, you know that that's what that is so you can go get the hose no socks though apparently huh no socks you did that on purpose i didn't i can't help it but i'm glad they didn't have socks you happy now all right so um yeah guys go check out patreon.com forward slash slasher radio you have the app just um you know you can follow us on twitter too you know it'll be on twitter you know just support us you know like work goes into the show and everything you guys see and, and absorb. So yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't hurt to support us and not for nothing. If everybody who listened to this show, it joined at least even just the, the first tier one, the first tier. I mean, we could put, we'd be able to afford a lot more time into this, you know? So it's just, it would help us a lot and, you know, it'll help us push out more content. We can extend that podcast, but I'm sorry, the audio entertainment, company <laughs> it's lord humphrey audio entertainment network. network why is that so hard sorry why is it such a long name even the words in it are wrong 
No, it's, it's perfect. It's, we fo- it was focus group. It's fine. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. With the socks. I, I, I came up with it, and then I decided I liked it. it and then he focused perfect. on it. Yeah, yeah. L H A E N. His name is Lahim. It's the Lahim. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was intentional. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, all right, guys. So that that's it for the news. We're gonna kick you over to that interview now. Uh, the to the interview with Stephen Kyoto now, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side of that. Okay, guys, we spoke about it last week, and we are here with Mr. Stephen Kyoto. We can go on and on about his resume, and which we will th- throughout this uh, this conversation. But Mr. Kyoto, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing fine, thanks. It's uh, like uh, it's pretty nice weather here in California. Oh, you are lucky, lucky, lucky. Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of wanted to, to start with. Uh, like I said, we could jump into so many. You've been a part of so many great projects, but I wanted to ask you first: What drew you into horror specifically? Because looking through your your track list in all different departments—writing, effects, directing—most uh, of them seem to be horror. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. In the broad scope of horror, I think you're correct. But actually, it was monster movies that attracted me when I was very young. Um, and I guess back in the 50s and 60s, I guess horror and monster movies were kind of synonymous, mm-hmm. like the Universal Monsters and things like that. They were horror films because, but I, I like the characters. And what it was, King Kong was the, the pivoting moment for me in my, my, my lifespan, uh, the original King Kong, the black and white version. Um, at the time, I was living in the Bronx, and we had these elevated train tracks right down the block. And when I saw King Kong rampaging through the city, tearing down those, the trains from the L-tracks, it was real to me. And I just was fascinated with dinosaurs and Kong and all of that stuff. So that's what made me interested in horror, but more specifically, giant monsters, I'd say was the attraction. Okay. Uh, well, b- before we even go, I, I go any further, w- what did you think of the new, the Godzilla vs. King Kong, since it had such an impact on you to see how much, how far stuff like that has gone? Uh, pretty amazing. Technology-wise, <laughs> the imagery is just phenomenal. Uh, I would imagine if I was six to ten years old today, I would have been just as intrigued and fascinated with monsters because of that film, just like I was with the original. It's uh, it's great, except it was a little weak on the character story. I think the effects were great. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't much of a real character story there, but it was still pretty fantastic as far as effects. Yeah. Did you like it in a movie in a movie like that? I think, um, you know, the humans and the story and the talking are sort of secondary to just monsters punching each other. <laughs> I think you're right. So uh, then you got what they uh, you got it. That's what they delivered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. We all just want to see the big monsters. Well, there's nothing like seeing a tremendous dinosaur or creature walking down the streets of a city 
tearing through the buildings. I mean, that's just an amazing image. I, I've, I've fallen in love with that ever since I started watching films. And, and on the big screen, those moments are so fun to experience, I think, as well. Absolutely. And did you have a chance to see Godzilla versus King Kong in the theater? No, I wish I did. I saw it in IMAX with my son. I took it was the first time um, he had been to a theater and since everything shut down. But I was like, you know what? This is going to be amazing. We're going to I'm we're going to the IMAX theater. <laughs> we're going to make a night of it, and it was great. I saw it yeah. on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on TV. But my my younger brother Edward took his grandson. Same story. He hadn't been to the theaters since the, they closed. And uh, he said it was great. He said it needs to be seen on the big screen. Uh, as a fan of the uh, Universal monster movies, could you just hop in on a debate that we were having um, a couple weeks ago? Sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sorry to derail us immediately. Uh, but what did you think about? Did you see the new Invisible Man? Did you like yes, it? I, I did. I thought it was great. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, what did you think, Kat? I love it. Uh, it was one of my favorite releases uh, from from last, uh, not last year, because it was 2019, wasn't it? Uh, it? It was one of my favorite um, theatrical releases that year, and I really liked it. I thought they did a great job. Uh, Mikey has a problem with the suit. so uh, Yeah, yeah, well, you have to kind of, you know, it's, it's that kind <laughs> of movie. But it was one of the better, the best reimagining of uh, the old franchise. I thought it was... It was thrilling. It was surprising. I was really thoroughly entertained. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm looking forward to uh, what they do next. Uh, if they keep that director and those, that team of people as they pursue um, the horror franchise. You know, years ago, the brothers, we were uh, presented the, uh, the franchise in a very superficial way. But we went to Universal and they said, okay, come up with something. And uh, <laughs> we went, again, the comedy route. We had a thing called Monsters for Hire, where all those horror <laughs> monsters, the monsters, Will, Werewolf and Frankenstein, the mummy and the creature, they're out of work because of the new monsters, Alien and Freddy and all those guys. So they needed <laughs> jobs. They're, they're all bums out of work. So they start working in Los Angeles. I think uh, Frankenstein was like a, a party monster. He used to go to kids' birthday <laughs> parties. Werewolf was a bouncer <laughs> at a bar. I think Dracula, I forget what he was. Dracula was a late night DJ. And, uh, <laughs> and it was really funny. It was just really great stuff. It's like the anxiety of guys who are too old to, you know, to be valid anymore, trying to make it in, in the world. Uh, That's great. I, I would have seen they that. They didn't go for it. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to bring up the shape of water, Cat. I was getting ready. <laughs> oh. Well. You know, uh, it is amazing, though, how uh, horror has that, uh, that flexibility to where, because that does sound like I would definitely be down to sit and watch that, but you can go so many routes and you can kind of lean on comedy really as much as you want, especially nowadays, and still get that that uh, authenticity of the horror genre across. Well, I'm, I'm glad you say that. I mean, a lot of people don't think you could mix horror and comedy. Well, at least years ago, right? Bob Jay and those guys back in the 90s, he didn't think comedy and horror mixed. And we thought, no, no, it's, it's a valid you have scares, you have a love story, a real love story, a real drama, real suspense, real horror, and real comedy. They could all be mixed up in one in one genre. Uh, but I do think the audiences today will will take it. And uh, I think they do enjoy it. Sam Raimi's done it for years. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great, great horror and real kick-ass comedy and action. 
Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Um, you work with your brothers, and um, sort of historically speaking, that doesn't work out so well. How have you guys made it work <laughs> work for you? Every time you think of famous brothers, it's always about how much they hate each That's other. Funny. They had stories about the Warner Brothers. How one used to chase the other one with a, with scissors around the office. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know the dynamics are interesting. Uh, could you imagine three Italian brothers working creatively, brainstorming? There's a lot of disagreements. Um, and we usually go to the democracy. If uh, two out of two out of two out of three wins, so whoever the <laughs> who, you know, whoever the two go with, that's what the company goes with. Now we've had our arguments. T- I mean, they used to call us the Kyoto Brawlers, <laughs> <laughs> early '90s, because of how hot things used to get. But we've mellowed since we were older. Uh, it's interesting as uh, our ideas are, are are different because of our personalities, but because of a similar background, they're close enough that it kind of um, facilitates collaboration. So we're never really too far off with the overall concept. It's just a battle of the details. And because I I end up directing these things, I usually went over because at the end of the day, I'm I'm the one that's got to believe in it enough to direct. So yeah, I kind of get my way a lot of times. Well, that, that, you know, Steve, that, that brings up a, an interesting question then. Is there anything that you didn't, that uh, your brothers came up with and maybe you got outvoted and you had to go with that worked out or vice versa, maybe anything like that? Well, let's see. Um, nah, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to do something with the sea monkeys, sea monkeys, that, that, that cheap novelty toy. Right. So we contacted the guy. We got the rights to do it, and we did the sea monkeys. That was my idea. Killer uh, clowns was my idea because I just oh, had this uncomfortable feeling about clowns. Uh, uh, Alien Christmas was something that I thought of. So for the most part, it's kind of been mine. Charlie had this idea with a partner of his, um, an exotic perfume called Schmell Me. And uh, when you wear it, somebody's obviously going to say, what's that fragrance you're wearing? And what's your response? Schmell Me. Um, so they're trying to get that off the ground. Uh, this, uh, there's uh, another idea, uh, Italian Odyssey, something Charlie came up with about what happened to the uh, the other ships that Columbus was sailing with. You know, he was on one ship, but what happened to the other two ships? So we cobbled up an idea uh, we call the Italian Odyssey. So it kind of bounces around, uh, but usually it's just brainstorming. Like an early film that we did was a TV special, an afternoon special, after school special that we did. And Charlie had done a painting of two kids in a tent in their backyard with a dragon kind of looming over it. And I said to him, what's the story? What, what is that painting about? And he didn't really have an idea of a story, but we kind of talked back and forth, back and forth and brainstormed and came up with an idea about two kids camping out in their backyard. One of the kids has a real vivid imagination. And when he starts telling these fanciful stories, they actually become real in reality. So when he thinks about a dragon, there's a dragon there. And it's like a show we did called Cousin Kevin based on Charlie's painting. So it kind of bounces around, you know, yeah, I just flow. Nice, nice. You mentioned Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We'd be remiss to not bring that up and mention it. Um, I mean, just such a standout project in a million ways. Uh, did, when you were making that, that film, did you have any idea that it was going to become, I, I mean, I think it even surpasses the term cult classic. You know, it, it's just such an iconic film. Did you have any idea making it, we got something really special here? Oh, well, thanks for saying that. Uh, honestly, no. Um, 
I'm still amazed at how people have responded to it even after 35 years. Now, we just wanted to make a film that we would like to see. We filled it with all the things that we thought were funny, thought were scary, thought were fun. And we just threw them into this storyline. And uh, we just wanted to see something that we liked. And, that, and so it was really was something we felt strongly about and really had a lot of passion for. So what's yeah, I think that passion for that that story and and that movie comes through, and that's why it's held up for so long. Um, it, it, because there is a, a quality about it that it's hard to describe it when you watch it. Um, there's just something special there, uh, and I think that's probably what it is. It's probably the uh, the passion that you guys had for the project. And yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, it's what thirty five years now, something like that. You said yeah, um, yeah, um, and people are still talking about it. And, you know, people are going to keep talking about it. I, I have a 13-year-old son, and he loves that movie. Um, you know, so it's going to go on to that next generation, at least. Well, you know, that's, that's what I find so amazing. I guess in the 80s, young people saw it. They eventually got married. They had kids. They shared it with their kids. Their kids grew up, shared it with their friends. They got married. We're talking about a couple of generations now. So I think it's that appreciation. And I think the fact that it's, to me, it's a family horror film, a sci-fi comedy is what I call it. I'm I'm really I'm I'm pleased that the the horror community has embraced it. It wouldn't really I wouldn't call it a horror film really. But anyway, uh, uh, it, it's a family film. It's the kind of film you don't feel badly about sharing with your 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 children, and they get hooked on it because they you know kids like what their parents like. Well, yeah, the fact you can share it together. I've had so many people tell me about the common experience they had with their father that the one thing they share is killer clowns, and I said. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> is it weird to have that kind of because when uh killer Cl clowns first came up in this interview uh you had just said that it was it was kind of because clowns give you the creeps is it weird to have that kind of feeling and then reach an audience like so widely based off of just this <laughs> unease <laughs> no, that, that's really funny you mentioned that it's it's it uh a clown is now the uh the emblem of our company, it's our mascot on our logo. <laughs> it kind of follows me around all the time. And I've seen more clowns than I care to mention because of it. Now, it's interesting. And it wasn't the fear of clowns. It was just this uncomfortable feeling because clowns have a tendency to kind of uh, uh, infiltrate your personal space. They kind of get too close. And it kind of made me as a young person feel really uncomfortable. This big, you know, grotesque, usually were much taller than me when I was young kind of invading my personal space. And so it's rather a, a feeling of discomfort rather than real fear. But you're right. It's it's kind of followed me all these years and it's kind of fun. It's fun. Yeah, that's ironic. Um, what is the um, the genesis of the misspelling of clown, spelling it with a K? Do you remember where that came from? Oh, well, it was the obvious alliteration of killer. You know, killer. Yeah. But I, it's interesting, you know, you kind of get it. But in the first campaign, I think in the poster, yeah, the killer clown poster with the globe on the finger. Look at how they spelled crazy. They spelled it with a C. <laughs> oh, really? Morons. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, the people that were distributing the film were, they didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Uh, they thought it was a splash movie with a bunch of white, you know, guys in white, white makeup with knives. They had no clue what they were doing. So, of course, the marketing department, equally as brilliant, spelled crazy with the C. <laughs> <laughs> a missed opportunity well I, I do think that that kind of you know i could see the the misconception of it and i think that kind of goes to um to 
partly I, I don't want to say your fault because it's a good thing, but you know the the design and the appearance of the clowns and the effects that you use with them, you didn't know what they were. You know, like obviously they're they're clowns clearly, but you didn't know if they're if they are slashers running around with knives. You know, you had no idea what to take just on you know face value of them. And I think that goes with the design that that's so different than anything we've ever seen. Did you? And I think your your style has uh, has kept to that, but changed at the same time. And you have such a unique uh, uh, style to things. Was there any specific things you were going for with the clowns? Because like I said, it's something we've never seen before. Well, it's interesting you picked up on it. They were, um, the way we approached it, these were, I guess, uh, an entire species, an alien species from another planet that just happened to have markings that made them look like clowns. Uh, it's, uh, they always were a, an organic creature. I always describe them as a pulpy, slug-like, anthropomorphic creature. And like a leopard or a zebra, it has patterns on it. And these patterns just seem to be like clowns. And again, one of the concepts we had was that these are ancient astronauts, ancient aliens that visited Earth centuries ago. And our image of clowns really comes from them passed over from century to century. So that's the kind of mythology behind it. Uh, and uh, when it comes to our designs, my brother Charlie designed them. He's an illustrator, and we work with some great sculptors. Our, our Jim Cagle sculpted the characters, did a brilliant job bringing them to life as far as fleshing them out. But uh, it's uh, no matter how horrible we make something, there's always a strong character to it. Whether they're scary, there's always a character. If there's a, if it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, it won't be just a, a dumb lizard. There'll be some kind of a character quality to it that we impart on it to make it meaner or make it, uh, I don't know, give it some kind of characteristic that you can relate to. And I think that's how I would define our style. It's some people would say it's cartoony rather than realistic. Cartoony is kind of offensive to me. I think we give it character. Right. So that's what I would describe as. A Kyoto Brothers style, if I could describe one. Yeah. I think that probably goes to what Rob said. There's just kind of a quality to the movie that has made it age very well. Uh, it feels very authentic. There, There is that kind of character. And I, I think that's, I think it comes through. I think people can see that. Well, I, I think, and it's also mentioned the honesty as well. I know there are a lot of films out there like Killer Tomatoes and things that they're just kind of exploitative <laughs> films, shock horror. Mm -hmm. And I think they, it's really just about the, the horror, about the gore, about the violence and the scares. And that's all it is. Um, ours was really more of a, a, an homage to the films that we really loved from the 50s and 60s. I mean, the whole the storyline is based on the, on the original blob. We just took what I thought was a classic, classic sci-fi film, sci-fi horror film, was The Blob. So we just kind of substituted our creatures into that storyline. But I think there was a genuine respect for the genre that we had. And it's a stupid movie. It's really stupid. A lot of dumb things in it. But it's dumb within a way that you're kind of embracing it with a smile, not making fun of it or degrading it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, I think you can see the you can see the difference when you watch the movies that you were talking about, um, and the fact that a lot of people set out to make their killer clowns from outer space. That was what they decided. They saw that movie, they saw your film, and they went, "Hey, we can do that. Let's just make killer 
you know, donuts or whatever. And, and, you know, it just doesn't come across in the same way at all. Yeah. I think they take the, uh, the genre motifs of horror and they had a shoo, 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 music and then it got the POV walking down the hallway, part of, you know, the character walking down there, it's closer with the feet and the, where they're going. And all. It's, it's classic uh, 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 cutting pattern. And you just put a different zombie or you put a ghost or you put in some kind of female that crawls out of a well, you know, and it's, but it's the same kind of film. I think we kind of broke that a little bit because I, we were influenced by Looney Tunes. There's a lot of Looney Tunes yeah. <laughs> as well. <laughs> So yeah. it's not really, I get the brothers are not really horror fans in that respect, like the Jason and the Friday the 13th and all that. I mean, when, when we were doing effects in the, in the eighties, there were a lot of opportunities to do these slasher films, but we always said, no, we didn't like doing the violence to women. We, we'd get a script and we'd make out the sheet of all the effects. And it was eviscerating, cutting a girl's head off. Uh, you know, doing horrible things to women. And we said, what the fuck? We don't want to do this. So we didn't. So we never really got into that real legit slasher stuff. Were there any? With the stain, with the stain power the movies had uh, after all these years and everything, um, how come we've never gotten a sequel? Oh, well, that's one of the crimes of the century, guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> We, uh, right out of the gate, we tried to do a sequel, right, at, right immediately after the film was released. In fact, we had a TV deal. I forget where, USA TV, we had a series with Chris Beard to do a TV show with Killer Clowns, but the deal fell through like a lot of things do. And we have been trying to get the sequel going since 1988. And Hollywood is just a horrible machine. Um, the film didn't really get much box office. It was really released very superficially to get enough publicity to bring it to uh to vhs you know just to get it onto onto cable at that time that's all the film an right. opportunity for us to make our first film so theatrical was small and when you want to get a sequel done they look at the box office very little box office in the u.s zero box office in the in uh in europe so based on those numbers we would say it's a cult a cult classic we would show them hundreds of emails that we got from fans we actually have a, a loose leaf binder of hundreds of emails to show how people wanted it, wanted a sequel of some kind, and they don't regard cult films as something to uh, invest in. They just don't. Uh, that seems really short-sighted to me. I, I, it, yeah. it, when a movie has had the staying power um, that your film has had, it seems a no-brainer. You make a sequel to it. Yep. Uh, maybe the first one didn't make the money at the box office, but I, I guarantee you, there will be a line of horror fans out the door of every theater on opening night to see that thing. I, I, no, I, I'm convinced of that as well. But there was a deal. I think MGM controls the rights, and they went to sci-fi, and they were going to do – they did Critters. And you saw what that turned out to be like. I, I don't know if you saw that on sci-fi or wherever it showed. But they wanted to do Clowns for like $2 million. And uh, we don't want to do it. We did it, we did it for $2 million back in the 80s. Uh, so we didn't want to do it. And uh, I think even MGM didn't want to do it. They think it was. They said it was more valuable property than just signing it off for that little money. But we've waited. We have. I guess you might have heard this from other interviews. We have this whole long trilogy, something we call a trilogy in four parts because we include the, the original, uh, a TV series for cable, streaming, um, and it follows the adventures of all the characters as they go through their lives, crushed after the uh, first invasion. It would make a great miniseries so we're constantly selling that for people who are interested 
Yeah, hopefully somebody will bite on that eventually. I don't see why they're not. It's a great, great idea. And once they approach us to do a, a VR game, and I've got this whole thing planned out. I had this giant presentation. It was fucking fantastic. Uh, but new regime, you know, you got you have a bunch of people. At MGM, they said, we have all these properties. Which one of our properties do we want to do? Everybody raised their hand, killer clowns, and all the things they have in their library. But that regime is gone. They moved on, new regime in. Nah, they don't want to do that. So it's like flavor of the month. Well, I do see that, um, and it, you know, IMDb is not exactly the most reliable source. So I was meaning to ask you, listed on your IMDb is Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. Um, uh, was there any truth to that? Or <laughs> No, we told them, don't advertise it. Don't advertise it until we really get the deal. But we had right. to go to script, actually with Grant Kramer, Mike Tobacco from the original film. He's a producer now. We worked with Grant. Uh, generated a script and uh, was it was a pretty great script I thought and uh, didn't go anywhere so now the fans are really angry I would just tell the fans don't get angry with us the brothers have been trying desperately to do this for the last <laughs> 35 years it's not us it's Hollywood is there a petition or something that we can <laughs> sign for Shutter or like Netflix will pick up anything? Can we just harass them until we get this? <laughs> well, I, I tell people to do that. I say write to MGM. Just let them know that there's a a, a fan base that would appreciate it. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's beyond our control. You know, it's uh, yeah. That whole rights thing and it, it's held back so many things. We we hear all the time about you know, movies that could have been, but it got tied up in that whole rights crap. And uh, the Killer Clowns obviously is one of those things in there. And it's it's such a shame nowadays where, you know, you have uh, kids out there making movies with their cell phones, you know, and for rights to be able to, to be the thing. And, you know, with Indiegogo and Go I, I would imagine, you know, obviously rights aside and everything, if something like Killer Clowns went up on Indiegogo or GoFundMe, Oh my God, the money it would raise in a day to be able to get that film funded and done. But, you know, the, then you look at the rights and it's all held up over nothing, over a piece of paper. And it's amazing. It's a good point. And people do talk to us about that. I don't think we could raise money on Indiegogo or GoFundMe to do what we want to do. It's, it's millions of dollars. And as soon as we raise it, we don't control it. It right. would stop the MGM. It, it is frustrating. A lot of people say, well, you guys made a bad deal. It's not uncommon. I think if you see no. the story for a lot of people, when somebody funds a film, you're talking millions of dollars, and that investment is more than just the film. It's all these other rights and issues and reissues and books and rec all these other things, and they want to keep it in perpetuity and in our contract like everybody else's, even in media not yet invented. So you know going in, we knew it. It's not a bad deal. It was the deal. And if we had said right. no to that deal, they would have gone to somebody else and we would have lost the opportunity to make our first film. Our lawyer, very experienced, one of the top lawyers in LA. He said, look, guys, the only thing you're going to get out of this is making your first film and your fees. You're not going to have to see your back end. You're not, you, and we knew it. And so we got what we wanted. We got our first film, which kind of helped our careers. So we went in there knowing it. But that is the kind of Hollywood deal. And it's, I'd say it's very unique not to to maintain control of your IP after they give you millions of dollars. It's just not good business on their side. Yeah. And I mean, it's a gift and a curse because we may not have, had you not done that deal, we may not have ever even seen the movie. 
you know, who knows with distributing and all that. MGM's a powerhouse, no doubt. Well, and that's it too. Good point. Um, you could ho- you could covet your ideas so tightly that you never produce. Right, right. And you'll find you have to give the first one away, even the second one away, until you become bankable, a reliable enough commodity that you can start building a career. And that's what we did. You know, we we, we wanted to, with each new job we got, we increased our value, our, our increased our price until we become bankable. But to tell you the honest truth, it, it was we walked into that place with a maquette. Uh, a one sheet poster my brother did in a treatment and we pitched it in the room and we sold it. The first pitch we ever did, we sold it, got $2 million to make a movie. We said, wow, this is so easy. So after <laughs> let's do it again. And honestly, we haven't sold a motion picture since all these years. We pitch all the time. It's like a second profession going out there and pitching. We've done TV. We did Alien Christmas, our, 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 hol- uh, our holiday special for Netflix. So we've produced work, but we haven't done another feature since because it is that difficult. It is really lightning in a bottle. It's being at the right place at the right time with the right person. Mm-hmm. It really is a lot of luck. So Yeah. Well, uh, uh, speaking of uh, other stuff, you, you might not have produced a feature film, but you've had um, your hand pretty deep in the Critters franchise, which I oh. think is another one. And I, I, I don't think I don't think you and your brothers as well that you guys don't get enough credit for Critters. As everyone was talking about Killer Clowns, Critters is I mean that's another one with a unique look to the creatures and you know just so much going on there. And that's another one that you have another cult classic under your belt, and you've been involved in all the Critters. Uh, what what was that experience like in that franchise? Well, we, uh, we did the effects on all four, and it was, uh, it was really, I, I always say this story because I want to give Kevin Yeager credit. Um, we had, yeah, that's right. Kevin Yeager recommended us. He had just done uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. They were going to do Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Bob Shea wanted him to do the effects on Critters and Nightmare, and he said, no, he's too busy, but he said, how about the Kyoto Brothers? They'd be good for this. So we really have to thank Kevin Yeager for recommending us for Critters, which led us to Critters 1, 2, 3, and 4, and a great relationship with uh, uh, Rupert Harvey and, uh, oh, I, my, my brain, I can't forget all the names. Great guys. Stephen Herrick did a great job on the first one. I had known Mick Garris before, but it was great to work with him on the second one. And the third and the fourth, wow, <laughs> they did them back-to-back for a million each. That was a nightmare. <laughs> um uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I had an opportunity to puppeteer and really perform. It, 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 was, it was a good old monster movie. That's what I liked about it. You know, it was killing people, but as long as a monster does it, I find it, you know, palatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you had also mentioned uh, the sci-fi special that they did for, uh, the, I think it was Critters Attack was, was the name of it. Um, I, I was shocked to find out leading up to the release of that that you weren't involved at all and it's like as active as you you and your brother still are in the industry it's like you know kind of weird to me and i hate when people or, well uh companies whoever it is take that authenticity out because just having you you involved means so much to the project you know so i mean you kind of mentioned it earlier but what did you think about the end result of that one Oh, well, as a producer, I, I think they did the best they could with the budget they had, all right? And I, I know the guys who did it. We had conversations with them in the beginning. We were going to build the stuff, but it ended up as money. Uh, why build it in L.A., ship a crew up there, our crew, to go to Canada, 
So very early on, we kind of saw, no, 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 you're going to go to Canada. You're going to do it with a crew up there right. and get their price and all that. And, and to, to use our name at that point, even if they did pay us to put our name on it, like Kyoto Brothers, somehow designers or consultants, we didn't want to get involved if we weren't involved, really. So we backed out. Now, so we kind of backed out. It was a mutual backing out. We gave a price. We stuck to it, knowing full well that they would go to Canada anyway. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was. I mean, you know, they, they. I, I'm a big Leprechaun fan. Speaking of creatures, and we know they had the their sci-fi thing going on, and you know, it, it, they, they're not throwing a lot of money at these guys, and and that was another one. I, I you know, it, it doesn't measure up to the originals, obviously, within the Leprechaun franchise. But I looked at it the same way for as a fan. The money that they were given to work with, I think they did a good job. Considering. Well, and that's it exactly. Look, it's kind of passing the baton to a younger generation. We had our start on the low-budget films, Critters. You know, it was pretty, pretty low-budget. Um, and that gave us our start. So now they're remaking it. Again, it's low-budget. So give it to the new guys on the block who, are, who will work really hard, give it the best they can, because for them it's an opportunity to do something because work gets work. And... Uh, it can build their career. So it's a natural evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, I, I know we're taking up a lot of time, but I have to ask you this because it just stuck out to me just now. What do you think the difference is? Because we look back then with movies like Killer Clowns and the original Critters franchise, even Friday the 13th and all of those, Nightmare on Elm Street's a great example too. What they were able to do with such smaller amounts of money and the visual product they were able to give us, you know, it, you, you see these movies now that get so much money and visually effects wise, it, it doesn't measure up to, you know, the practical effects that were used back then. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I, I think the computer has brought a production value and an ease and a flexibility of shooting that we've never had before. It's very production friendly in that respect, but it does cost a lot of money. But I don't think it, CG is great. It's a great tool, but it, it, it can't do everything. And I think like John Favreau has got a great handle on it. He mixes more traditional work in with special effects with even new, new technology. And I think that mix of all the technologies probably makes the best. Because you have to have that tangible quality of something real. You look at Yoda, you look at um, you look at critters. As funky as they looked, you knew you were looking at a hairball that was real hair, real rubber. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was real stuff. And silicone's great too. So forget about the rubber. The silicone has a quality now that is just surpasses what what the, the the rubber latex could do in the past. But to have a physical puppet there is it just brings this kind of surreal reality to it. You know it's fake, yet it looks real. It's like stop motion animation. You know it's kind of fake, but it's moving around like magic. So it's kind of this, this magic, this magic to it. CG, I don't know. It's kind of like duh, you know, yeah. the camera around in ways that camera can't do it. So you kind of lose your point of view. Maybe I, I, I'm I'm older. Maybe I don't get this new visualization of content. A generation, and how old you guys are, but people brought up on video games where the camera's moving all over the place with those POV, you know, first shooter, uh, first person shooters. Maybe the film cutting pattern is more like that, so it's more enjoyable for the younger audiences. I don't see it that way. I like more of the stage proscenium 
and more cinematic type things where you're moving a camera rather than a uh, an avatar or an icon of a camera. So I don't know. I don't think I'm a, I'm a good judge. But I do think you talk about traditional effects, the tangibility, where the, no matter how real or fake it is, you know it's real. You know it's physically there. And the actors are reacting to it. That's the important thing, too, how hard it is for an actor to respond to things that, you know, there's nothing there but a tennis ball. Right. We, did a, we did a commercial with a giant paper monster, and the actor was thanking us for having something there. It was a giant mechanical, nine-foot mechanical beast we made. And it had a swipe at the guy. So I told him, I said, I'm going to really swipe you. I'm going to go for you. He says, go ahead. It'll make me more scared and I'll do better acting. And he was actually <laughs> fighting with this thing. Um, he appreciated it as an actor because it was this physical reality to what he was interacting with. Yeah, I can't. I don't even know how actors do it. Sometimes you see behind the scenes, <laughs> you know, photos or, or footage of these guys. And, uh, you know, there's big green walls and a tennis ball hanging there. And the guy's got I like, how can you possibly do that? I don't. I, there's no way. Yes. And they're cuts. I mean, it's so cutty now that mm -hmm. they just do an isolated cut. I mean, they have previs. So they say, OK, here's the previs. This is the shot we're doing. And they break it out. OK, this will be the background. This will be an element. This will be an element. This will be an element. OK, we're going to put you on a, on a mechanical horse and throw you around. And then we're going to put a wire on you and fly you off. That's the shot today. I mean, where's the acting come in? Mm -hmm. But when you have a physical prop, you're actually shooting a scene with multiple cuts within the context of the props, the set, and the uh, creature you're interacting with. You know, you, you, even as funky as a creature might be, it's still more real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it has then. That's why I, I, I strongly feel we don't get classics anymore. You know, we, we just don't get those movies. Like, I, I can't see my daughter passing on any movie from her generation you know, maybe there's a few exceptions here and there, but nothing that's going to go multiple generations like movies from the 80s and even, you know, some from the early 90s and all that. I just don't see it having making that connection with the viewer anymore, which I think touches on a lot of what you were saying. Well, that's interesting. I mean, coming from you know a young person, again, it, it's if that's your perspective. I know we had a conversation with John Favreau. You know, he talked about computer animation. He said when he did Elf, the reindeers he had in the movie was cutting edge, top notch. It was the best, and it was so great. He says, looking back at it now, it's aged. But mm -hmm. he said stop motion that we did looks just as good and as it does now. So I think there's a timeless, timeless quality to practical effects that CG can't match. CG will get better and better and better, and every year it does. It makes everything... Before that, look bad. Looks cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that. Um, we've taken up a lot of your time. I know that, but um, I would kick myself if I didn't ask what it was like working on Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh yes, please. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, you know, that was something that uh, you'd have to speak to my brother Charlie. Oh yeah, that was. We were working on so many jobs during that. I think we, I think we were working on Ninja Turtles, maybe the Critters. We were doing so much stuff during that time that we had to split up. And I was doing Land of the Lost. That was it. I was doing Land of the Lost. I think everyone was working on the Critters, and Charlie was sent to Tennessee, and he worked on it. He was on stage, worked with John Cherry, worked with um, uh, Ernest. Jim Varney. Jim Varney. 
had a great time down there. Uh, John Cherry designed the characters. Charlie modified them and kind of made them more Kyoto-like. And we made all those costumes and a bunch of really talented people. Here's, I'm going to put an ending to a myth that, that people are out there portraying. They say that we reused the clowns for Ernest Scared Stupid. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> no, we did not. I think maybe the ears on one of them might have been a mold we kept. So that might have been. But no, the similarity is only in Charlie's designs. Charlie designed the clowns. Charlie designed the, 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 the trolls in earnest. So that is the similarity. It's not, they're not killer clowns. It's just Charlie's kind of quirky, Jack Davis, more Drucker type uh, horror character. Yeah, okay. Uh, talk about a movie you can bond with family. I mean, my grandmother, I, I'm shocked she doesn't hate me for how many times I made her watch that damn movie when <laughs> I was that. I burned that VHS out. Of <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, you know, Mr. You, it looked like your wheels were spinning. Do you have something there? Oh, no, no. It's funny. You could watch the film again and again and again and again back right. then. I mean, that's how we got our, our Killer Cloud audience. It was on USA Cable all the time. They watched it multiple times. But now you've got like 500 channels with 500 <laughs> mm -hmm. choices with new content coming every week. There's just too much stuff to watch. Have you ever revisited anything you've seen recently in the, in the last couple of years? I haven't. Not not very often, no. no. There's always new yeah. stuff to watch. But I have yeah, my... looked at old movies. <laughs> well, my son was like, um, I don't know, around uh, eight or nine. He loved How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm -hmm. And he would watch it all the time. And, uh, you know, it would be July, and he's watching How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And it blew his mind when I told him, when I was a kid, it was on once. <laughs> <laughs> One time a year. <laughs> and if you missed it, you weren't seeing it again until next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, embarrassment of riches. You have uh, you have access to anything at any time. Uh, yeah. Recently, I've been going on Prime. Was it Prime? Uh, yeah, Amazon Prime. They've got all the old monster movies. It deterred from Beyond Space, Angry Red Planet, Crawling Eye. All those great movies, and I watch those now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those channels we have over five, six hundred of them, and there's not shit on to watch, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Shudder, I mean, Shudder right. seems so great. I've got it. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> garbage out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Kyoto, uh, we are so grateful for your time. I want to end on one last final question, uh, just to get your quick take on it. We recently had a, a tournament of uh, slashers of sorts, and I just wanted to get your view. Our finals, it was like a March Madness kind of thing, and our finals was, Pinhead versus Candyman. And uh, Pinhead ended up taking the the, the crown. Uh, who do you think wins that matchup? Oh, I'd go with Pinhead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, Excellent. He's, he's going with Pinhead. Have you seen the movie Rubber? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Rubber? Yes. It's a, it's a movie about a killer tire. <laughs> um. It was directed by, I don't know how to say the guy's name. He's French, and I, I, it's well beyond my reach of pronunciation. Um, I was just curious if you had seen it. They, they do amazing effects work, I think, to make this tire work. <laughs> they move around, and it, it's practical. It, it's incredible. I, I haven't seen it. I, I thought it was a sequel to uh, the uh, Killer Condom, but no, I obviously no. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll check that out. No, no, yeah. no, don't, don't check it out. 
That well, is not slasher radio approved. I will say of, of the three of us on the show, I'm the only one who liked it, but oh, I uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was incredible. I've been quoted as calling that movie the biggest piece of shit ever. So oh, I, I've really? been now it's a must. No, it's a yeah, must. It's not that. It's not bad. It's a good movie. Well, what would you recommend? My son recommended The Void. That's a good movie. Yeah. And, uh, that's a that's a tough one. A good horror movie. See that I I, I stick oh. to the older stuff. Mm. I'm trying to think of what I've seen recently that I liked a lot. I mean, I like Slacks a lot. Oh God, Slacks that's, was um, actually pretty good. That's a movie about killer pants. You can see Rob's taste in <laughs> this game, Stephen. It's <laughs> very low tier. Slacks, real okay. <laughs> He's responsible for killer clowns. Just led to killer tires, to killer pants. Oh, <laughs> just going down the line. No, I give, um, give me think of something. Uh, what I see, uh, oh, something about, as it is above, it is below. What's something? Oh, like, yeah, yes. yeah um, that's good. As above, uh, so yeah. below. Yeah, as above. I thought that was just that was new to me. It was, yeah, yeah, that surprised me. I like that one. Yeah, that one is a good movie. Yeah, there, there's gems out there. You know, I, 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 I the way I talk, I don't want to. You know, I, I try not to make it seem like I'm crapping on everything, but there are gems out there that are still shining every now and then. Well, you know, I think if you were to look back at the the number of films that were produced, let's say in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and the 90s, right. it probably was only 10% really good stuff and really 90% crap. Right. And that's what we're seeing now. And we're only remembering, let's say, that 10% thinking it was a golden age. No, no, there probably always was that kind of percentage of good and bad. That's so, a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Mr. Kyoto, we cannot thank you enough for your time tonight. It was, we, I value this conversation more than, you know, this was a great time picking your brain and we just appreciate it and everything you've done for the genre. And, uh, thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. You guys are great. Really uh, smart questions. Really great to talk to you guys. And, uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm about the whole genre. Let's keep it going and make it as good as we can. It is a great art form. It's a great way to tell stories. Uh, people dismiss it, but I think it's totally a valid way to tell stories, and it's, uh, just keep it going. Right. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that uh, Killer Clown sequel, too. Absolutely. I will start writing people. <laughs> I tell you, just, just inundate MGM. Talk to find somebody and say, we want it, we want it, we want it. We will actively start harassing them. <laughs> uh, is there any uh, any contact information you want to give to any everybody listening to reach if they want to reach out to you? Oh, I think uh, I think we have a Facebook Kyoto Brothers Productions Facebook page, and we have a crappy website. No, I, yeah, it's easy to get a hold of us. I think our Facebook page is where you could write to any of you know to, to the clowns. What is it? Uh, clowns at KyotoBrothers.com. That kind of gets it to our producer, and he disseminates all the stuff to the brothers. Okay, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go through and you know we'll list everything, all you guys' contact stuff at the you know later on the show for sure because it's definitely a lot of good stuff to look out for well i got a question for you yes. for me you know we did this alien christmas for netflix right. did you see that yes yeah what did you think tell me because uh i have mixed mixed opinions <laughs> uh, <laughs> i liked it i thought it was a fun time like i agree i agree i i think it's um it's something we don't get anymore how would you what is it that you don't get? I'm curious how you, your reaction because you guys are educated. Um, 
it's hard. I think it's kind of like Killer Clowns where it's exact. It's hard to put your finger on it exactly, but it's just there's a lot of especially uh, holiday. I feel like holiday movies get thrown around so much, but it's rare that you can actually sit and feel a movie. Does that make any sense? Well, yeah, I'll tell you, working with John Favreau was a real was a real trip. I learned so much working with that guy. He's a great storyteller. And he helped us bring the heart, really brought the heart out because we were just making a lot of jokes and we were given that snarky, snarky quality. And I, I wanted I wanted it to be a classic holiday special, but with a little bit of not irreverence, but just updating in a way that just made it a little different than just rehashing Rankin and Bass. Right. So the reindeers, I mean. We had a tough time getting those reindeers back in the story. And I thought it was one of the funniest parts. And our Santa Claus, we made him like a, a bully. He was like, yeah, he, yeah, he was like a different kind of Santa Claus. He was a jolly guy. He was a nice guy, but he kind of pushed people a little too hard. Um, so we had these adult themes in there, along with the, you know, the, the classic, you know, warm heart. And so I, I'm just curious because we don't get any information from Netflix. There's no real <laughs> analytics, there's no box office, there's no nothing so i'm yeah. still in the dark at how people responded to it <laughs> the netflix algorithm failed me because i did not ever see this come up on my netflix screen and i'm looking at it now and i wish i had this is a rob it, movie i just yeah. i love the look of it it looks like like you were talking about one of those old classic christmas specials that i used to watch as a kid um the look is fantastic and so um i haven't seen it but i'm going to go check it out yeah, check it out tell me what you think i'm curious and- and yeah, we we haven't really gotten a lot of uh, Christmas specials, like a lot of holiday classics uh, that have really stuck up very well. Like even even when I was a kid, uh, the holiday specials, you know, they were all a few years older. And I like this one had the feel of like those old claymation Christmas movies. Right. Um, yes, and that yes. was something that you don't see a lot anymore. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. That's what we hope. That's what we hoped. Yeah. yeah. Not just imitating, but trying to create that that warmth the heart with with characters that we thought were funny and endearing. Well, I, I just wanted to find out. because Absolutely. Guys- yeah, that, it was it was definitely a fun movie. I enjoyed it very much. My daughter liked it, too. Yeah, it, was, it, was it had a, a puppy in it. How could you hate it? It had a puppy. <laughs> right, and that alien was adorable, if we're going to be completely honest. <laughs> I just lost a lot of credibility, but it's okay. <laughs> we didn't have much to begin with. It's fine. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Well, that's great. Hey, well, thank you for that. And thanks for the interview. I, I enjoyed this. You guys are really great. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you well, so much. Time. All right. You guys have a good night. You too. Enjoy. Bye. Um, all right. But before we go, we do have to tell you guys about our friends over at EarthEchoFoods.com. Their mission, their goal is in the end, There is nothing more important than taking care of the earth and letting it take care of you. Their whole goal, their their whole structure for their product is tapping into the nutrient-dense superfoods that they've created in their products and helping others reach their ultimate health. In turn, they pledge to give back to her, meaning the earth, through sustainable practices and investments on their greatest resources. So they're taking the best, most healthy foods taking the important, the the guts of what makes them great and putting it into their products. Uh, it's uh, it, it's kind of hard exactly to, 
describe exactly what they got, what their products are. It's like a, a supplement powder that you you can make anything out of it. I mean, they they have peanut butter cups that they can make that you can make cookies, cakes, shakes. I've made a hot chocolate with uh, the Choco Bliss uh, powder. Uh, I made a shake with it for lunch. Uh, I replaced that with a meal. I do feel myself being more. Uh, you, you ever eat something and it's like you're ashamed of yourself afterwards? All the time, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I, I get that little that little feeling at lunch where it's like I could just eat everything in front of me, and you know you tend to overorder sometimes. Then you eat it, and you're like, "What the fuck did I do?" And all that <laughs> shit. The shake that I had, it filled me up. I wasn't hungry. I didn't have that overfilled feeling where I looked at the mirror and wanted to jump out a window or nothing like that. I felt great, and you know I got some good taste out of it too. I mean, I I, I left a shake happy nice you know which i i think is better for me and you know if that's not your take even if you want to make a snack for you your kids your family you could supplement chocolate and you know we, we all know how much people enjoy it but how unhealthy it is for you you can replace it with this yeah and it's uh yeah a healthier alternative to some of that uh that garbage that uh, we all eat right from from time to time or in my case all the time <laughs> Uh, they have everything. They they have pills that you can take. Uh, they have uh, to go travel bliss packs. They got it all. Uh, they got mugs. They got frothers. They got a cookbook. They got a shaker. Uh, they have everything that you need to uh, to live a little healthier. And you know, in a way, get back to the earth too. I mean, they're they're not damaging the earth with this stuff, which is good because that means it'll be around longer and we'll be able to to uh, to take it longer and all that stuff. So. Uh, it's a win-win. Yeah. Check them out. What's what's the website? The website is earthechofoods.com. The promo code is MINUTE15 to get 15% off your order. That's not a bad deal, man. No, not at all. 15% off. You help save the earth. You help save yourself. It's a win all the way around. Yep. And you get to eat fucking snacks. I showed it to my grandmother. Is a chocolate nut. I'm pretty sure if I put chocolate on a turd, she might try and eat it. <laughs> oh, come on now. Why would you trick your poor grandma like that? I'm not saying I would do it. I'm saying she might do it. She <laughs> loves to like she, she's the snack queen. She's got mm -hmm. the cookies on deck, man. She's ready to go. So I showed her she came by tonight and I showed her this and she was very she was more than intrigued. So I think my I think grandma bones might be heading over to earthechofoods.com with that minute 15 promo. Code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, grandma bones sounds like uh, she's a lot cooler than you. Cheers. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, she's definitely. Um, yeah, so be sure to check them out. Uh, that also supports us, by the way. You support us, uh, the fan sided podcast network, which we are a part of. You know, they support us, that supports them. And um, you're supporting yourself in this one, too. Dan. We're cleaning up your nuts and your life. Yep. That's what we're all about here self improvement <laughs> and saving you money. Mm, 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 mm. All right, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I, I mean, it, it, it's I guys. I feel like it's rare that you like. We talked about it, like right after we got off with Stephen and we hopped back on here. Like, like we really felt like we could have just had him on for another six hours and he would have been more than happy to talk to us. Yeah, yeah. He seemed uh, perfectly happy to to talk to us, and I would have been perfectly happy to listen to him too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I 
would be perfectly happy to have him back. Um, he can come co-host if he wants. Like that was right. so nice. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Mr. Kiero, if you'd like a, a your own show on the oh, Lord Humphrey oh, Audio me. Entertainment Network, just uh, hit me up. And he's not coming back. That's it. <laughs> he just blocked our email now. Rob. He's, he's <laughs> stop threatening our guests. <laughs> uh, no, he was great, and uh, yeah, I could have listened to him talk forever. Just the enthusiasm and, and passion for what he does comes through. It's not. Uh, it's it, from a very genuine place. It's not. You know, he's not trying to sound that way it's just natural and um I, yeah i really enjoyed talking to him you know what the hell was it oh it was chris Catan. uh when we were going <laughs> when rob was bashing poor chris Catan, uh we had joked that if we got chris Catan on the show rob had said well it's not often that you know somebody will especially that that caliber will ask you what you think of their work like Stephen actually did that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean that. Like, like Rob said, he just he. It's genuine, man. Like he do, he put something out there, and you know he had mentioned it with uh, him not getting involved in the new Critters project. Like I, he seems to be the type of guy who, when his name is on something, like his name means a lot in his reputation. And I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. 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 So. That that was an awesome time. Like it, you know, we've had interviews on the show that it's cool to talk to the person because they are who they are. Like like this is this was one and Greg Nicotero was another one. It, it's like you're such a big fan of these people because you're you know you grow up with their work or you're a fan of their work or whatever. But then you meet the person and it's like you become an even bigger fan of the person, right? And that that yeah. happened tonight for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pat, do you think we can replace Rob with him? Well, now there's an idea, except uh, for- <laughs> your Patreon's going to take a hell of a hit. <laughs> well, wait a minute, uh, he's going to take the, the what the hell is it? The Lord Humphrey Audio Network? What, what the fuck? God damn it, the Lord Humphrey Audio <laughs> Entertainment Network, and it's going to be coming with me if I have to go. I'll tell you that right now. Are your lawyers going to contact us? That's right. They, they sure as hell are. You're not getting my audience. Can you imagine? That would be the funniest thing to ever happen in podcast history, though, is if we got Stephen Kyoto to be a co-host and he just, without question, took over the Lord Rob Humphrey, uh, you know, like podcast. Whatever it is. Uh, You write it down. (laughs) Write it down. (laughs) Could you imagine the judge in the the courtroom for that fucking legal dispute? He'd He'd look at everything. And be like, who the hell would want it? Why? What are you arguing about? I choose to imagine uh, in this scenario that the uh, court audience is filled with like B forum fans. Oh like, God, we'd win. Uh, Rob's got heat with B source. With, with I don't the have B- heat with the guy. <laughs> yeah, Rob's got heat with the beekeepers. You're trying to drum up controversy now where it doesn't exist. This is what happens when a great man builds a great company. People try to tear him down. <laughs> God damn it. Oh man! You know, just when I got rid of the the, I don't even want to say it, the Lord Humphrey Cup. Now I got to deal with this. Yeah, it's pretty exciting for me. <laughs> I hate him so fucking much. All right, guys. So that that's it for this week. This will be. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's have an on air oh. meeting right now. Okay. Do you think? We should give them one last Easter egg, or or are we ripping the Band-Aid off with this one and they don't get it? I think they should get one last Yeah, they got to get this one. 
right. Because I mean, otherwise, there nobody's going to hear it because they just now learned that we have a Patreon. All right. All right. Well, you know, what I mean, that's not fair. All right, you sons of bitches. You got one more now. <laughs> this is it. I was about to cut you off. You better thank Rob and Cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was about to hand it right here. Uh, and you know, not for nothing. I mean, I, I I will admit, Bobby did bring a special touch to the Easter eggs. I, I will admit that. <laughs> yeah, he was a trip. But I mean, like the show is the show, and as, as loose as we are, and it is intentional. Not not that I think we could help it anyway. But uh, <laughs> you know, there is a format of some sorts that we try and stick to. But the the Easter egg is, you know, I, I always felt like the show is the show but the easter egg is what makes us not the only thing but it, it helps us stand out you know like a lot of people will cut all that shit out and like oh god forbid you hear us be human it's like but that that's you know i think that's a good part of the show and i don't know why it was such a like i, I kind of didn't want to do it but i feel like you know it's i don't know I, I have an attachment to the easter egg guys it's very strange it is strange yeah well, i agree I, I I put so much thought every week into what goes into it, what doesn't, what stays, what goes, all that. Yeah. I do think the the one good thing about having it be as a tier reward, though, is that I think the people who appreciate the Easter eggs most are the people that, you know, are, are more connected to the show. Because that is, yes. you know, you could listen and just see the Easter egg as more show, but a lot of thought does go into it, you know? And Yeah, I, that's just the best way to put it. So this is the last Easter egg you can get after this show. So go check out patreon.com forward slash slash radio. Support the show. It's very, very important. Uh, like I said, for under, what is it, like 75 cents? A, you, you could support us for as low as 75 cents a week. You know, I mean, that, that that's what it comes down. Less than a cup of coffee, guys. I mean, come on now. You're making it sound like those Sally Struthers kids now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cheaper than that. It, oh, no, it's like a quarter. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Well, go support those kids too, and also support us. Mm-hmm. Do both, mm-hmm. but us first. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. All right, guys. Go to slasherradio.com. Uh. Make sure you ch- uh, subscribe to us wherever you're at. Review the show too helps us a lot. Uh. Go to Slasher Radio on Twitter. Give us a follow. Uh. You'll be able to keep up with a lot of this shit. Uh. That's pretty much where you'll hear everything first. We announced this interview. Uh, before mm, around when the show dropped last week, so you know, you'll get a lot of first information on Twitter. So, follow us at slash radio on Twitter. Uh, check out the Patreon. I'm at Mikey's Dead. Check us out on Twitch too, uh, twitch tv forward slash slash radio. And that's it for me, Rob. Way to catch you. I'm on Twitter at Radio Rob123. You can also listen to my other show, This Horror Life, wherever you are listening to Slasher Radio. And of course, be looking out for the launch of the Lord Humphrey Audio Entertainment Network. It's just got a it, it it's got a ring to it, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. We can't even remember it. I hate that it, he, he said a launch, Kat. I God damn it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore velour, V-O-L-E-U-R. Uh, you can also check out the horror channel that I write for on YouTube, Blood Binge. And, uh, yeah. All right. I'm not going to say anything yet. <laughs> All right. Check us out next week, guys. We will be back. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio podcast.
Oh, also, horror court. Oh. I really, I need to complain about Hulu. All right, <laughs> Okay, uh, horror court time. It Horror uh -oh. adjacent court, I guess, because Handmaid's Tale is more, you know, it's dystopian. Each season gets a little bit darker. I don't know if you guys have watched it at all. Nope. Um, I don't know anything about it. Okay, uh, Handmaid's Tale is a dystopian uh, fiction novel that Hulu has adapted into a miniseries starring Elizabeth Moss. Uh, very talented. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, where uh, essentially uh, America goes like ultra conservative and uh, they they get crazy and um, uh, essentially they, they turn the whole country into like a baby farm during an infertility epidemic and it's it's horrifying it's like a really dark concept for a show and each season gets progressively more violent and awful and uh i so season three ends on this huge cliffhanger right before everything shut down and they have on their website uh on the handmaid's tale site on hulu site they kept saying like season four is coming it's coming 2020 in the fall uh, and I checked every single week, because uh, I'm obsessed with the show, I love the show, and uh, they, they horrible cliffhanger to end on, right? <laughs> Where you just like, don't know what's going on, and it's it, very tense, and I, I, I checked every week in the fall, and it did not come out in the fall, and it got to winter of 2020, uh, where I was, like, desperate for content and waiting for new shows, and Hulu kept saying, like, Handmaid's Tale is coming fall 2020, and I, it was not, and 2021 rolled around, and Hulu's website says that Handmaid's Tale is coming in fall 2020, and so finally I start seeing ads for season four of Handmaid's Tale, and I'm, I was getting so excited about it, and they're like, it's coming in April of 2021, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's April now, and they're like, it's coming in April, and I was like, okay, and every Sunday I would check back in to see like, where my new episode of Handmaid's Tale was, like where the season four premiere is going and Hulu's just like not having it at all. There, there are no new episodes of the show. I sign in um, to watch something else and it's like, hey, do you want to watch Handmaid's Tale? And I was like, yes, please. I would love to watch Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> uh, there are three episodes out. And like I had checked on Sunday, two days later and I've missed two episodes already and it's like the third season the third episode of the season is new and it's like hulu what <laughs> what are you talking about like where have these been uh, i had so just like i had just told someone that i was agitated about it still not being out i went through the whole story i complained for like five minutes um, and then there were already three episodes out and it made me look like an idiot even though i've been checking obsessively for like a year now <laughs> So what, were they hiding them? I have no idea. I checked. Like, I checked the show page every day of That's April. Weird. And they were just non-existent until Tuesday, and then there were three of them. Huh. <laughs> like, I got is... so agitated. <laughs> well, we do live in a, in a day and age where they will put out an entire season in but, one go but that's a little weird to hold three like what the hell are they doing handmaid's tale has always come out like every like on sundays also right. like one episode at a time and it just it was so frustrating to me damn um, i also didn't get to bed until like eight o'clock in the morning because i had to watch all of them 
Yeah, you had to because they I were gonna, they to. were going to be gone. I was afraid <laughs> that Hulu was going to take them away from me again. And also, then they ended on a massive cliffhanger again. <laughs> Damn, that that is <laughs> fucked up. When you're looking forward to something, man, and it and it's not out, like it it is frustrating as hell. Trust me, I know Halloween kills anyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think any of that had to do with COVID? I mean, some of it I, had to. Sure that the original release date from, um, from the fall, especially because I think they had been coming out in the summer, like in previous years. So right. I'm sure the original pushback had to do with COVID, but the like the website not updating and <laughs> it being yeah, hidden. Yeah, that's the weird. That's the weird part. You'd think that they would have. And, you know, try to keep people up to date. And, um, yeah, them just not being there is weird. Yeah. Like, on the show page, that's strange. Also, like, the advertisements were really weird because I didn't start seeing them until about a week ago, or, or like, a week and a half ago, where they said coming in April, and it's like, what month do you think it is, Hulu? Cat, <laughs> <laughs> I do know your pain. I went through the same thing last year with Celebrity Big Brother, man. Oh, the time for it to come around came <sighs> and went and I checked every day on CBS.com for news and it just never happened it's not there still to this day your life makes me sad dude Big Brother's fucking good that kind of <sighs> Big Brother I, I had cake for breakfast this week. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, twice in a row because <laughs> there was cake left. There so. were two days this week I had donuts for dinner. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, dinner is one thing. I mean, is, but for breakfast, I want to be cat when I grow up. And, and <laughs> the other five days I had beef jerky. So it's like it wasn't <laughs> yeah, even better. <laughs> Dude, beef jerky is awesome. Oh, that's I, disgusting. My, <laughs> my desk drawer. I, I have a desk drawer that's just beef jerky and slim chips. <laughs> and like <laughs> I've been not I've I've been not feeling well. So I haven't been like going downstairs and making breakfast. And once I ran out of cake, I was like, well, I'll just eat stuff from the snack drawer, but it's all just like processed meats. And it's like, well a drawer of processed cat, that might be illegal. <laughs> it might be illegal in some state. God, that guy was the nicest person in the world. Yeah. Rob, we shouldn't have had Rob around him. Oh, come on. I was pleasant. You insulted me in front of the man. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, that's going to happen. God damn it. What the hell? God, I don't think I did anything to design. Anybody had to bring up rubber. I mean, we can't bring Robert. We can't have nice things. <laughs> I did. Bring... To be fair, Rob, yeah. you're lucky because I was going to take a shot at rubber, but he moved on when he was talking about yeah. stupid movies like The Killer Tomato. I was like, well, and a killer tire. Yeah. I thought for sure when Kat said, settle a debate for us after we've been talking about monster movies, it was going it was going to be the shape of water. And I was like, oh, now this poor man's going to have to listen to us argue. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't bring up the shape of water. 
Because I, I know if I bring up something that makes you mad, uh, we're going to have to fight about it in front of the guests. If I bring up something that makes Mikey mad, we'll fight about it after the guests. <laughs> yeah, I'll just take it in um. the ass. No problem. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> I, well, I trust you. Oh, <laughs> to, is... to the guests. It's it's a sign of trust. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I am nothing but professional. I don't know if you know this, Kat. I have my own podcasting network. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> Oh no! <sighs> I, I, you have no idea how much it annoys me that that's going to be a thing. Like, it, it was fun. <laughs> like, it was tolerable when it was like, ah, oh, okay, ha ha, he he. But it's like now this is going to fucking happen. I just can't wait to start teaching you D and D. Like, oh god, that one. I'm I, I have that a list of like, no. here are the <laughs> things that Rob needs to know about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That's going to be the funniest fucking conversation. I'm looking forward to that more than anything. What, why, Rob? Why do you say some of the things that you do? What? Like what? God damn what it. What do I say now? You just you act like you're you're the president of Sony Records with this damn podcast network. Um, well, I obviously I'm the CEO of the entertainment conglomerate that bears my name. <laughs> I don't think anyone's fighting you over that. All right, well, actually, on second thought, <laughs> I've decided <laughs> I would like to be the CEO. Well, uh, um, <laughs> you're human resources, cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> that could work out in my favor. <laughs> I have I have complaints I can make right now. <laughs> you like how I kicked you out there? Yeah, what the hell, man? Come on. <laughs> 